Welcome to another episode of Hitting Pay Dirt by Impact Sports. This is episode number 32. I'm Alex Beaudry. Back with me, Mike Corwin. How you doing, Mike? Good. What's up, Alex? Hey, not too much, man. Not too much. I am drinking a lovely beer that you brought me Oh man! as a gift. Uh, so Mike was out in the town last night because he's a single dude. What's up, ladies? And... <laughs> And he stopped at Wisconsin Brewing and got me a beer, 32-ounce can, which you don't see every day. A crowler. A crowler. And it's Putin is a Dick. That's the name of the beer by uh, Lakefront Brewery. So, written written on his forehead. <laughs> yes. So uh, <laughs> it's delicious. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, I, When I made the stop, I saw those beers, and I was like, dude, that is just given the timing of everything that's going on. And like, it's just like lighthearted humor. And then they... Uh, like they're matching like every so every purchase they're matching half of the purchase like from brewery is to donate to like the cause in ukraine yeah so it goes for a good cause i get to drink a 32 ounce beer out of a can everybody wins boom absolutely so thank you it's delicious Oops, yeah uh you can't go wrong with a little hefeweizen a little beer on a saturday uh, no a little saturday afternoon beer it's oh man podcasting I mean, does it get any better than this? Uh, I don't think it does. No, doesn't. Uh, and living, we, living we will, the dream. We will not hear it if it does. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. So on the docket today, um, we we have two topics to kick off the show that we just cannot get away from: COVID and Aaron Rodgers. Not together. Not not this time. But nope. two topics that we just cannot get away from. But it um, sounds like one of them will start to be making its way out the door in the NFL. Maybe both of them. Potentially. <laughs> uh, so exciting episode. Yes. And then we'll talk um, some other news and notes. We got Amari Cooper, Cole Beasley. There's some Saquon rumors out there. Uh, Washington is searching the depths of the NFL for a quarterback. So we'll talk about that. And uh, yeah, it'll be a good show. So where should we start? COVID or Rogers? Mm. Man, I don't know. Which one which one's getting which one's getting booted? Should we start there? Yeah. Okay, we'll start with COVID. Because that is officially on the way out. Um so the NFL and the NFL PA have agreed to finally say see you later, COVID, at least for now. It's all subject to change, right? If COVID comes back in a terrible way over the summer, which I think we're all hoping it doesn't. Uh, they certainly reserve the right to bring it back, um, <clears throat> but COVID is done. So the NFL released a memo to all teams and their staffs, no more testing, no more masks in facilities, no more tracking of players' movement. Um, it's done. So the only way that a player could potentially sit out for COVID moving forward is if they self-report symptoms and they get a positive test, they'd have to self-isolate for five days. Knowing what I know about NFL players, <laughs> no one's coming forward to report they got a runny nose and they want a COVID test. Like, no. there's a reason there were zero positive COVID tests in the playoffs. It 
you're not missing a game for COVID related reasons. That yeah, that's that's more than just a coincidence. It well, especially so like when you go out for COVID, you go on what they call COVID IR. What I didn't realize until we had our um, the NFLPA puts on an annual seminar. One of the other agents brought this up. He had a client, he or she, I don't know who it was, but they had a client who went out on COVID IR. And for a lot of rookies, they have what's called split contracts. <clears throat> so the league minimum this year is like 660000 right? That's if they're on the active roster. If they're on injured reserve, if they have a split contract, their amount drops to like 440000 They make a lesser amount. So they call it the up amount and the down amount. So if you're out on IR, it's a way for the team to protect itself. So if you're out, you're not playing because you're hurt, they'll drop your salary down. They save some ca- salary cap space. The player makes less money because they're not playing, but at least they still get paid, right? <clears throat> so what people didn't realize is if you went out on COVID IR, they treated it like you were on injured reserve. So if you had a split contract this past year and you missed a game due to COVID, you got a smaller game check. Interesting. Yeah. Why didn't we hear more about that? So I don't know about all of you listening. I had never heard of split contracts before I became an agent. Um, so like most rookies, like it, it usually starts with draft picks around the third round, third or fourth round. All of those guys, third, fourth round, and later all have split contracts. <clears throat> so it's a way for um, teams to protect themselves if – you know, a rookie gets hurt. That's a, that's that's a creative way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, in, so, COVID, and like, what what are your initial thoughts on the NFL, like, getting rid of COVID protocols and like, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I guess, just it's not a thing anymore. They seem to be following the rest of the United States. The CDC has come out and basically is saying, don't need to wear masks inside anymore. 90% of the population in 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 the US. So um does per CDC guidelines no longer needs to wear a mask. Yeah. Right. My personal opinion, I think they're probably a little late to this game. I think sitting here in somewhat rural Wisconsin, like a suburb of the greater Milwaukee area, COVID hasn't been a thing for a long time. Um I get why the NFL did it. The thing that always kind of struck me about the NFL is like 90 to 95% of the league was vaccinated. Like it felt like the coaches wearing the mask on the sideline, the players, like think about like the players you have, you're out on the field, you have no mask, obviously. And then you have a guy like come to the sideline, have to put a mask on. Like he was just tackling another dude, like face to face contact, huffing and puffing. Yeah. Breathing on you. But then as soon as he's on TV without a helmet on, he's got to put a mask on. It felt like it was for theater and not for medical reasons. Um, the super interesting thing about COVID and I tweeted this and it's kind of funny. COVID is still a touchy subject. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a ton of views, but no likes on it. So I know people were like checking it out, but my tweet was, if you remember like a week ago or two weeks ago, the NFL and the NFL combine wanted to put the combine players in a bubble for COVID reasons. That's right. They were going to have to wear masks when they're not performing like masks at all time they couldn't talk to their agents they couldn't talk to their trainers like they were literally it was like going back to covid 2020 with the nba playoffs where they were going to like put them in the lucas oil stadium and 
shut off from the world because of quote unquote COVID, right? So then all the agents came together and said, this is BS, mainly because one, they want to see their clients, but two, even more importantly, like combine training is huge money. Like these guys, if you run a four, five or a four, three, eight, even though that's only 17 hundredths of a second, think about four, three, eights fast, four, five is slow. Yep. Four, five, five is slow, you know, for certain positions. So like these guys are working with their trainers and a lot of these trainers will fly to Indy, work those guys out. They'll do like micro training sessions to get their nervous system ready. I mean, like it's huge. It is a huge deal. So agents were pissed. A lot of times agents are paying for this training and now I can't send this trainer to go work with this guy who's, they've been working together for eight weeks. Interest. So, so from your angle in your seat as an agent, you're, you're talking about this as like a bottom line dollar figure, right? Like a four, three, eight, 40 is probably going to implicate like a better draft stock for that individual than like a four or five. Well, yeah. So think about, and I wrote about this on Substack a little bit, so I'm back on Substack. Finally, got Welcome back, back on that train. Thank you. Welcome back. Um, but I wrote about the combine in the context of the wide receivers. So, like, for an example, Traylon Burks, wide receiver out of Arkansas, everybody, he had such an explosive year. Everybody, and he's huge. He's like 6'3", 225. Everybody thought he was going to be the next DK Metcalf, right? Like running 4'2", 4'3". He's just, he's not. There's not very many DK Metcalfs out there. So he ran a 4'5", or 4'5'5". That's average wide receiver speed Mm -hmm. and for a guy that's 225 pounds that's still flying like that's really good oh yeah um but if you follow like nfl draft twitter they were kind of ripping him think about that like so if you have it if you have an executive who expected you to run a four five four four and you run a four five recency bias because it's the most recent thing they've seen they could not pick you at pick 12 and you might slip to pick 18 because of 0. 0.1 0. 0.1 seconds and because j- it certain teams are going to go into the draft with a hope that certain positions are available so if you got <clears throat> you know one team at 12 who's going to pick a wide receiver and another pick at 18 who's going to pick one if you don't go at 12 you're not going to go till 18 and those six spots can be millions of dollars in the first round and so that makes sense from like an agent standpoint, yes. like why you would want to optimize what these players have just like any other draft class. Yeah. I mean, I hate the combine cause I think it's stupid. How many times like the guy from Baylor, um, who ran the four, two, eight, Taekwon, Taekwon. Yep. Four, two, eight. He's not going to be a first round wide receiver, even though he won the combine, right? fastest guy in the in the wide receivers but like he's not going to go there because his film does so it's it's kind of like a stupid thing but at the same time as an agent and, a, and certainly a player you got to play the game because he ran a 428 i can guarantee you there's teams that are going to go back and rewatch his film like okay did we miss something here because he's got the athletic tools that 99 percent of humans let even 99 percent of nfl players can't do so is there something we missed same thing on the flip side, right? David Bell ran, oh God, it was like a four six five on the slower end for a wide receiver. <clears throat> he was going to be a first round wide receiver pick, or or second round, top fifty for sure. Now teams are going to look at him like, did we miss something here? Mm-hmm. Is he not as athletic? Is he too slow? 
So it's it's big money decisions. Your film as a player is still going to have the vast majority of your draft stock. There's no guy in this combine that was going to be a fifth-round pick that will be a first-round pick because of their combine. It doesn't happen. I don't care what you hear on TV. Scouts are very good. They know where these guys rank heading in. But if you have a very good performance or a very bad performance, it gets them to relook at you and be like, okay, is the film not showing something? Or like, did they miss something? Did they miss something? Exactly. So question, do you think that the combine helps or hurts a draft prospect? So if you have, let's say that you're a top, a top prospect, do you think that helps them to do a combine and to like, you knock your combine workout out of the park. Will that help them a ton? Or let's say that there is an expectation to run like a four or five and you, you actually run a four six. Like, do you think it hurts you? Is your floor much lower? Or like, do you think you could help yourself and your stock increase by having a good workout? Do you understand the question? I do. And it's a really good question. Um, there are a couple, a couple guys who are, I think, consensus top 10 picks who did not work out this week. Evan Neal from Alabama didn't work out. He's going to save his workout from his pro day. And Derek Stingley from LSU corner, probably the best corner in the draft, also did not work out. He's rehabbing a foot injury. He's going to work out his pro day. <clears throat> so there are guys at the top of the draft who may choose to skip certain workouts um, or wait to do it at their pro day or just not work out at all. Those guys have less to lose because, but see, it's it's hard because like look at like Kayvon Thibodeau did everything today. Aiden Hutchinson skipped the bench press. Those two guys are the top two defensive ends. Could be one and two, vice versa. The difference between pick one and pick two is like three million dollars. So I think you, as a player, the incentive there is to work out and to have a good workout. But you're right. It when you're comparing two guys that are equal. If one guy has a bigger upside due to athleticism, that's the guy that's probably going to get the nod. So for like the example that you just gave, um, you talked about Kayvon Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson. Since yep. they're both edge rushers, they're they're both in that same position, and they're both top five prospects, right? Yep. If you're an NFL scout, and obviously both have tons of film, very talented players but Aiden Hutchinson didn't bench so now is that gonna hurt like are you gonna pick Kayvon Thibodeau because you know that he can rep 22 like to 27 he did 27 so like are you gonna draft him because he can lay down and just like press more weight up so I'm assuming that Aiden Hutchinson will bench at his pro day a lot of guys skip the bench this year it used to be you'd come in and bench one day and you'd run and do the agility drills on a different day. Now this year they condensed it, so oh. you're doing everything on one day. Oh, I don't know. If so I like a lot that. of guys don't like, but you do it at your pro day too. Intra- like all okay. the guys who aren't at the combine who are doing their pro day, you only have one day. <clears throat> so, but the guys at the combine, it used to be spread out over two. Well, what guys are doing now is saying like, okay, I'll bench at my pro day, but I'm not going to do it both days because I'm not. I don't want to bench, wear myself out, and then have to go run my forty. <clears throat> or or the other way, honestly, it's like I I don't know that I would want to run and then and then, and then go 
like, yeah, like if you run a 40 and then you go bench, well, now, like, maybe I'm there a is little... a gap in time. It's not like you're running and then going right to the bench. I mean, you have time to recover. I get your point. And I think a lot of agents think the same way. So they're probably telling their guys, hey, we'll take care of this on a different day. Don't worry about it. But to answer your point, like, do I, th- comparing the two head to head, if one runs, their defense alignment. So if one runs a four seven and run runs a four nine, the guy with the four seven might have an edge if if a team's looking at them as equal. But you could also have one guy run a four nine where you expect him to run a four seven, and I don't think that's going to kill him. It's not like he's going to drop to the third round because he had a bad forty time. That's not why they're getting drafted. So and like that that position might be a bad example for 40s but but I get what you're saying but right? I think it's the same even like running backs right if you have a guy with a third round grade and he runs a 43 he might bump up to the f- beginning of the fourth round or the end of the third round you're very rarely I should there's always going to be a general manager who falls in love with the guy's workout but very rarely are you going to have a guy with a fourth round grade who jumps rounds by having a good workout mm-hmm. um I would say for 90 to 95% of the guys working out, they're solidifying their draft position. 5% have a chance to move based on their workout. And I think you get somewhat of an advantage, right? So like in the Kayvon Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson example, Aiden Hutchinson now knows Kayvon Thibodeau repped. Like that's effectively your competition. You're saying, right, there are millions of dollars between one draft pick and the next. So if you're Aiden Hutchinson, you know your number, right? So you now saw Kayvon repped 27 presses on the bench press. I just got to do better than 27. But the thing, though, is the thing that makes the combine stupid, what does bench pressing have to do with football? Like, yes, it shows pushing strength. But, like, think about a position like defensive end. There's so much more that goes into it. There's technique. There's flexibility. How much bend does a guy have? Footwork, handwork. I mean, like, yeah, if one guy can bench 27, and, and like, now if Aiden Hutchinson comes out and benches 18 times, yeah, that's probably a red flag. But if he's anywhere between 24 and 30, Fine. okay, you have the baseline athleticism and strength for the position. Let's move on. So yeah. that's all we're trying to do um, at the combine. So anyway. Back to COVID because we kind of went down the the <laughs> combine stretch there. They were going to put him in a bubble, which I thought was super interesting. And agents threw a fit, said we're not going to do it. They had over 150 athletes, like put like say, okay, fine, we're not going to do the workouts. Then we'll come in and do our interview in our medical, but that's it. Um, so the NFL backed off because the NFL is about TV ratings, and if nobody's working out, they can't show anything on TV. They lose their ratings, so they 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 bent it. So that that's interesting. The combine started on Thursday. Medicals and weigh-ins and stuff were on Tuesday and Wednesday. On Thursday, the NFL got rid of all of their protocols for COVID for the next season. Hmm. How can you have combine players coming in and you're going to put them in a bubble the exact same week you're getting rid of all of your NFL protocols? No masking, no testing. No vaccination stuff, no tracking, no uh, facility limits on on amount of people. Like, how can you do all of those things? Like, it's just there's no no logic to any no, of it. No, at all. Um, it almost it it almost feels like we're just living in like 
the greatest showman right like just a magic show and it's like poof like for my next trick yeah i'm gonna make covid disappear right (laughs) it certainly feels that way um so just kind of bizarre so okay it doesn't like well you brought up a good point that's making me think of something so for the super bowl it was in la Right, and I think we touched on this uh, in a like a, a a very past podcast, one one before the Super Bowl, um, well before the Super Bowl, and there's a mask mandate in L.A. County, but then at SoFi Stadium, which we found out being in rural Wisconsin uh, is a little bit outside of L.A., but still in L.A. County. Yep. There was no spike in COVID cases, right? And we had, I, I would guess, 60 to 70,000 fans. 70,000 people in that stadium. And, and no there, wasn't, there wasn't a mask to be seen. Right. And, and then two weeks or a month later, you got the combine where there's, I think they're allowing in like 10,000 fans and you have a couple hundred guys working out and you're going to go back to March of 2020. Like it's just like, and then as soon as you get a little bit of pushback, like, oh, oh, okay. Oh. We're just kidding. Yeah. It, it's it theatrics. Yeah. I think, I think you, you said it best earlier. It, it's, it's a display and a show that we care and we're doing everything that we're being told to do is all it is. Yeah. It's just interesting. Um, so <clears throat> the other piece to this, and I wrote about this this morning, actually on Substack, uh, for those of you listening, this will come out on Monday. It was on Saturday, Saturday. So the 5th. Um, there's some interesting roster management components to this. So if they get rid of all of the COVID rules um, for like testing and stuff, it would seem to think that they're going to get rid of these special COVID rules for roster management. And there's two big ones. First, the return from injured reserve. If you remember back to pre-COVID, if a player went on IR, that was pretty much the end of their season. That's nail in the coffin. <clears throat> um, you could designate up to two players to return from COVID, but they had to miss at least six games. Like going on IR was a big deal. Like if you had like a, you know, a, a torn hamstring and you were going to miss four weeks, they didn't put you on IR because there's a good chance you weren't coming back. Mm-hmm. Well, with COVID, you could return unlimited number of players. You only had to sit out three weeks. So it was much more like almost like baseball does it where somebody goes on the injured list, they miss 10 days and then come back. This was three games. So a guy like with a high ankle sprain could be put on IR and be brought back a month later. I would think that would go back to the no COVID rules, but that's a really good rule for both teams and players. So it's a really friendly rule. Yes. So I would like to see that that rule stays put because it's, it's better for fans. It's better for players. Well, and I think guys get a shot. Yeah, right? you get more guys coming up. Um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The other one, um, a little bit less um, important for the casual fan, but practice squad size. Um, so in 2020 and 2021, under the CBA, you can only have 12 practice squad players. Um, that increased to 16. And you could have up to six players who had more than two accrued seasons. So you could have veterans on your practice squad. If that goes back, beginning this year, we're going to have 14 practice squad players, but no players with more than two accrued seasons. So no veteran players on the practice squad, essentially. 
<clears throat> I'd like to see that number stay at 16 too. Mm-hmm. If you want to, if they want to do away with the, you know, accrued seasons because they don't want vets on the practice squad, I'm still okay with it. Again, giving more rookies, first year guys opportunities, I think is a good thing. And 16 players still isn't that much. What's the difference between 12 and 16? Yeah. So, um, but it'll be interesting to see what the NFL and the teams do. The practice squad specifically would have to be amended because that is in the CBA. IR is more a league rule. So we'll see. We'll see what happens with those. So all of this, knowing all of this, do you, would you say COVID one or NFL one? I think compared to the other professional leagues, the NFL beat COVID. They had no games missed. They never had to cancel a game. Never affected their playoffs. And if you think about the NFL playoffs, that's in January and February, which are the COVID months. Yeah, cold Uh, season. Cold season, cold and flu season. If you're anywhere like north of Tennessee, you never see the sun because it's too cold. And like, God, I think in January, the United States was getting like a million cases a day. And the NFL didn't miss a game. That's a good point. Because, yeah, MLB, like you were getting canceled, like canceled games. Um, the NBA as well. Like they had the playoff bubble. Yeah, playoff bubble, and then even this year, they like it was that huge spike in COVID when um like the Omicron variant first was yeah, coming like through. November. Yep, and like there were tons of people, and like they had to postpone games. Um, tons of players were were testing positive for COVID, and then all of a sudden it was just like poof, gone. So. That's a good point. I didn't think about it from that perspective. I don't know. Did the NFL like? Is that a, is that a fact? I'm 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 not questioning you on it, but they didn't miss a single game. Not a single game. No playoff games. A couple games were postponed. You remember they had a a couple of weeks in a row. They had the the wacky where they Tuesday Tuesday games. night games and shit like that. Um, but every game was played. Every team played all 17 games. Playoffs happened on time. Super Bowl was on time. The NFL compared to other professional leagues did much better. Now, I can tell you from the owner standpoint, and it affects the players too. But last year in 2020, yeah, 2020, the NFL and the owners lost about 800 million dollars in revenue. So I'm not saying that they were in the yeah, red. It was just like still in the black. Lost they lost opportunity. 800 million dollars because if you remember, they didn't play. They played games with no fans until the playoffs in 2020. That's right. Um, so all that ticket revenue, all that concession, parking, those are all big money earners for teams because they get a bigger share of that revenue. And, God, you think about the city of Green Bay, eight home games. At how many people? 90,000 people go to those games every yeah. every times that by $200 a ticket plus $8 a beer and we like our beer up here. Like it's just, it's a lot of money that was lost. So it's not like the NFL didn't feel COVID. They certainly did. I just think they did much better than the NBA, major league baseball. Agreed. I think, yeah, I think even the the NHL had some COVID issues as well. Yeah, definitely last year. Plus half, well not half. What do they have? Like eight to 10 Canadian teams. Canada's a mess with COVID right now. That's right. It has been for the last two years. So even like the NBA, I was watching highlights of the Raptors. They still don't oh. have fa- they still don't have fans. Yeah, empty stands. Weird. 
mm-hmm. you go to the, a Bucks game here in Milwaukee and there's 17,000 people. That's, yeah, it doesn't, I mean, it, yeah, we could talk about this for, for hours, but, but, but you're spot on, right? Like those, uh, those are the discrepancies that, that just made me ask the question where I'm like, did, did COVID win? Right. Cause some, some leagues are still, are still treating this like, like it's, like it's day one. Yeah, I know. But it, and it's so interesting, right? You got the NFL now who is set to play in London, Germany, and Mexico next year. So that the NFL certainly doesn't care because they're going to be sending teams all over the place, um, and then you just yeah it's just the differences based on geography is weird to me. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So, but 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 what do you do right? Like you can't you can't come out and make like a a generalized worldwide like no we're no, done now. You can't. You got to it's yeah every community has their own risk tolerance I and mean, that's the thing about covid now if like teams in california still have mask mandates the rams the 49ers they all have to follow local guidelines mm-hmm. so it might not be a way for every 32 teams what's interesting too and then we'll move on i promise from covid uh, like i have five clients this year heading into draft season none of those guys will have to worry about their vaccination status like think about all the drama around Antonio Brown and yeah. fake vaccine cards and Rogers with the you know fake I'm immunized or whatever the hell he said. Yep, like, my guys will never have to deal with that. It's just it's weird, right? It just like this this whole two year history of our planet. I think in ten years it's going to be fascinating to look back and see who was right, who was wrong, how certain people reacted, how others didn't. It, it's just it's. It's a little scary to think about. Like it's, we're living in history. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good way to put it. I mean, you always are, I suppose, but <laughs> you know what I mean. But like mon- monumental things, right? Like you'll 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 look back on 2020, and like there there will be a lot. I mean, a lot of things happened in sports. Um, when I think back to COVID, do you, do you know what it makes me think of? Like when it first started, Kobe Bryant. Well, he died in January, didn't he? Yeah, which is like the initial, like we had just started talking about COVID, but there were no lockdowns yet in the U.S. it was still happening in China and Asian countries. It hadn't really, I mean, I think there were a couple, like one, I think, because I remember this because my 30th birthday, we were out, Mm -hmm. and that was like when the first case hit Madison. That's right. The first confirmed case was in Madison. That's right. So it was like just and that my birthday is at the end of January, so it was just kind of, kind of getting there. But yeah, the whole Kobe Bryant thing. That's that. The, so it and Gigi. It makes me think, yeah, about about like the helicopter accident, and then like, I feel like that just like put our Earth just a little bit off tilt, yeah. right? And like off kilter, and then there was just this downstream effect of everything else that came with it. Like we, we went crazy about toilet paper. We. <laughs> We like toilet paper, man. What? Well, I I will say that like right at the beginning of COVID, it had everybody on edge. Oh yeah. I, um, I didn't let my parents see my son for like, God, it had to be like two months. It's right I mean, after COVID because I was like, dude, I don't want you guys to die, and you know, come we, over. And then like as you get more information, obviously it's a lot more relaxed around this household. But mm-hmm. yeah, those first couple months were like. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it was a wild time. Iffy. You were yeah. going to the grocery store and coming home and washing your hands. Yeah. Um, Portable hand sanitizer. Like ev- everywhere, yeah. Yeah. Ev- everyone just 
it was yeah it was just odd but now you know we're 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 kind of desensitized who knows maybe in like a year we're gonna be desensitized to like the war and what's going on in Uh, ukraine and russia it's um it's just kind of interesting too, like human how humans respond to things if you look at our confirmed numbers now of hospitalizations cases it's higher than it was in march of 2020 is it really confirmed now i'm sure more people are getting tested and like i don't want to debate tons of variables going tons to of that. variable but if you're just looking at like the numbers on worldofmeters.com not exactly but you know what i'm saying it's yeah. higher than it was but to your point it's not it's way less than it was two months ago and i think a lot of people are just done with it so the nfl is moving on i the cdc is moving on i expect everybody else to move on eventually yeah just like just just be nice to people guys yeah. right just like use use some common sense wash your hands like uh in the words of Devonte adams wash your butts wash your booties yeah wash your booties wash your hands um <laughs> And like, just, yeah, be smart out there, guys. That's all. Yes. When you said wash your butts, do you remember, <laughs> do, this is going to be a blast from the past. Do you, do you remember, do you remember Najee Davenport? Uh, that running back for the Green Bay Packers. Oh yeah. But we're, we're going way back. Way now. back. It had to be mid two thousands. Yeah. Uh, let's pop this up on the old internet. Najee <laughs> Davenport. Uh, do you, do you remember why I'm bringing up Najee Davenport? No. And booty holes? No. He broke into a woman's closet and shit in her closet. What? <laughs> what? Uh, when did he play? Was he was was he an active NFL player when he did this? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. Um, yeah, so he was drafted in the fourth round in 2002. He played at Miami. Um, 6'1", 245. He was a big dude. He also played for the Pittsburgh Steelers for a little bit. So on his pro... <laughs> On his pro football reference, it's got his full name. So Najee, oh God, Trinidius, Monte Davenport. Sorry if I butchered the hell out of that. But in parentheses for like his nicknames, it has Dump Truck or Dookie. Oh, nice. Yeah, so. What? I mean, do we have the backstory on this? Yeah, so he... I got it up right here. He was, oh, where is it? Can I just say while you're while yeah. while you're looking this up, that's not the first time Najee Davenport pooped in a closet. Let's 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 just throw that out there. You don't. That's that's not something that just pops into your head and you're like, I'm gonna go do this. So um, okay, so months after the Green Bay Packers drafted him. <laughs> So, it's, you're, oh God, I just imagine being an agent and getting this phone call. So, right after you're drafted in the fourth round, he turned himself into Florida police in the summer of 2002. He broke into a dorm room at Barry University, a private school in Miami Shores, and then used a laundry basket as his personal bathroom. He was charged with second degree felony, count of burglary, and a misdemeanor. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Too many dry scoops. Too many anyway, pre-workout dry we scooping. To, we don't need to relive the Najee Davenport. Um, you pooped in a laundry bin, <laughs> man. And it, it, he's a big dude. Two fifty. So, so, so that's. I, I, mean, I think the story was that like he had a connection to the girl, whether they were dating or something, and he showed that her relationship went sour, and he broke into her dorm and shit in her closet. He showed her. <laughs> that's one way to do it. 
Um, wow. So I, I don't know why, but as soon as you said Devonte Adams, wash your butts. Like that's right where I my mind. That's right where my right where my head went. Uh, and it sounds like the Packers weren't phased at all. Packers were like, "We like you, buddy. Come on in. <sighs> Come to camp. Stop pooping in people's uh, <laughs> closets." What an awful, like, what a dumb way to just like leave your DNA behind. Like, like as as the president of the United States, for those that don't know, you like there's there's a person who follows the president and will like get rid of the president's like. But like any anytime like Joe Biden has to shit, anytime like any president like uses the bathroom, they have to specifically get rid of like his like poop because other countries will then like they could test it and then get information like biomarkers, whatever, on this president. Oh my god, dude. It's I don't and please, those (laughs) listening at home and Alex. I don't know why I know this, but I just remember reading it and I was like, holy shit, that's bizarre. But also it makes so much sense. It it does. Hey, uh, yeah, I got a job with the Secret Service. Oh, yeah. What do you do? Um, I go in and scoop out the president's poop after he drops a dookie. Yeah. Here's here's the poop scooper I use. What does he what does the said person then do with poop? Exactly. Like they burn it. Do you? That's that's where my mind went. Right. Do you burn it or like? Is there like a special file in the White House where they just have all of Biden's poops? <laughs> <laughs> these these are the White House tomatoes. What happens um, if the president had like a bad burrito? That's dude. You got to figure it out, man. Trump apparently was like he would drink like a case of Diet Coke and he loved McDonald's. Oh my God! You can't tell me that guy had a firm fecal movement in his life. Nope. Uh. <laughs> Toilet sponges were uh so of the past <laughs> this, this is going down a crazy road. Of the past presidents <laughs> during our lifetime. So let's go back to George W. So George W. Barack. Uh we could even do Clinton. So Bill, George, Barack, Trump, and now and Joe Biden. Biden. You got to clean up one's poop. Who oh, are you picking? Ooh, this is a good question. Um, well, knowing what I just heard about Trump, you like, don't want Trump. Trump's the yeah, last guy. Yeah, I think I'm out. And you don't Biden, want Biden. Biden. Um, I don't know. We're not sure if he's if he's making it <laughs> to the toilet. So <laughs> some conspiracy theories about him changing suits. <laughs> that is unconfirmed. Just just for the record, but 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 we're not sure either. So. Um, those two are out for sure. I don't think I want either of those. I feel like slick Willie. You don't know what's going on in there at all, but like George W, like he looks great. He, he's recently taken up painting. Like he loves to paint now, (laughs) which I feel like, and this is a stretch and I get it. I love that you're connecting his painting (laughs) to the way he pooped 20 years ago while he was in office. (laughs) Like, like it would take a special, like, a special individual right to pick up a hobby and like your newfound hobby is now i love to paint so given that information give me w's dude i'm gonna go barack um because so um, calm right calm. like uh michelle was into like the healthy food for ooh, kids yep. like i feel like barack was pretty well regimented where like he's eating good he's a healthy guy still playing basketball that's right I got a feeling like he's just like pooping once a day and it's probably pretty solid right in the morning. Yep. Gets his cup of joe. Boom. Done. Like 
You don't want to do Trump who's pooping four times a day with McDonald's and Diet Coke. Biden, just the same. Yeah. Slick Willie, just too many question marks there. Wild card. Yeah. He's a wild card. You might be picking up more than poop. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm going to go Barack. I love where this turned. Um, Anything else on? Yeah, I think we can. On presidential poop. (laughs) So, so far we've talked about. (laughs) The more you know. All right. (laughs) All right. See you later, COVID. Let's let's, uh, bury COVID. Perfect transition. We we were talking about shit. Let's transition. Aaron Rodgers (laughs) and this story. I have no idea where you're going with that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, the other story that just won't die then we have to talk about it the gift that keeps on giving yes so uh yesterday uh ian rapaport on the air and on twitter um dropped a little bit of a news bomb said that uh quote aaron Rodgers, uh, with all eyes on aaron Rodgers and his future here's the latest sources say rogers is truly torn where he wants to play in 2022 while many in the NFL expect him to return, there's lots of positivity in Green Bay. He is going back and forth on what he wants. Ian Rappaport then retweeted, my understanding, this is from Mike Garofalo, my understanding after talking to folks in Indy, as the Packers are still very much hopeful and they're in wait-and-see mode, no trade talks until and unless Aaron Rodgers tells them he wants or doesn't want to come back there. Is this not Brett Favre 2.0? It's, yeah. Do you remember uh, going through this shit with Brett Favre where it was like, will he, won't he, where's his private plane going, where are the Packers going? Mm-hmm. Like it is, it is, for how much at the beginning of his career Aaron Rodgers hated Brett Favre, he is handling this the exact same way that Brett Favre handled his decision whether to retire or get traded to the Jets and all that stuff. It is exactly the same. Oh, and, and frustratingly the same. As a fan, yeah. I mean, I, I get why he's doing it. It's his life. and Part of it is that they're both, right, they're high-caliber quarterbacks in their in their generations and their eras. So, of course, there's going to be a lot of media traction. Well, and you have, as the quarterback, you have all the leverage. Like, don't get me wrong. He doesn't have the leverage on where he wants to go. The Packers still very much control his fate. And he could say, I don't want to play for the Packers. And the Packers could say, too bad. Retire or don't come back. I mean, the Packers have plenty of cards to play. But you think about all of the down downhill effects. If Rodgers does not return to the Green Bay Packers, they don't have to worry about the cap anymore. They're already there. Mm-hmm. But they have three days to decide whether or not to ta- franchise tag Devontae Adams or not. My guess is they'll tag him anyway, and they might yeah. work out a long-term deal later or trade him if Rodgers leaves. So I think that's where that'll go. But like, there's all these other downhill roster decisions that need to be made based on your decision. Like, what have you been thinking about for two months? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I don't real. know. And like, like, it's crazy. Your mind should be clear after your retreat. I knew you were going to bring up the bunch of karma clones. You just could not stop yourself. <laughs> um, I. I I I I just mentioned it as a retreat. Um but yes, he's he's clear. Like he should be he should be feeling great. His mind should be clear. He he's like like it seems very clearly like him and Shailene split on good terms like based on that post. Yeah, I I guess the one thing that comes out of this is the Packers did make up some ground. 
if you remember this time last year, he was so upset he had to be traded, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, then he that's doesn't right. do anything all offseason. He finally comes back and he plays. So now at least there seems to be some ground if he's truly torn. But at the same time, like, do you want to come back or do you not? Like, do you hate Mark Murphy and Brian Gutekinds and other guys in the front office so much that you have to go? Or or not? Like, what? I don't know what. I don't know what is like missing, why a decision can't be made. Can we all agree, even those at home listening, it's entertaining, but at at this point, I don't want to hear any more Aaron Rodgers like updates unless it's <clears throat> Aaron Rodgers is going to sign or here's his number, right? Because that's, that's really the meat and potatoes of this entire story. The rest is just a circus. But this has nothing to do with money. <laughs> If it if it was just money, the Packers would have made an offer and it'd be done, because you can find ways to create the money. Mm-hmm. So 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 they're this outlining is his ego and however he feels slighted. Sure. So maybe like a power move a little bit to say like, hey, why don't you come come grovel with me for a little bit and like make I don't me know, feel. But I don't like know how much, me. I don't know how much that more they can grovel. Like Matt Lafleur is like just short of begged him to come back on TV. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, the Packers are going to do whatever it takes. I mean, God, they traded for Randall Cobb for you. Like, you know, it just, it, I don't know what it would take to bring him back at this point. What's what's frustrating for a Packer fan, and I think just for an NFL fan. Which is how we're reacting. I'm yes. not reacting as an agent, or yeah. I'm just reacting as a pure <laughs> green and gold Packer <laughs> fan right now. Um, which is so pure, right? Like, I... I I think it's so pure to react that way. It's what's going to be frustrating is when he ends up like coming out and then he's going to throw out some ridiculous offer or some ridiculous money request. Like you mentioned on a previous podcast, like a three year, $150 million or something like he's going to want $50 million. And then like, like, I'm sorry, man, to me, like, discount double check yourself bro like uh why are you the logic of asking for 50 million dollars after not being able to produce a super bowl appearance for that amount of time it's really easy though and by the way you're a true professional because i just spit beer up my nose and hacking up a lung over here (laughs) and you just you just went on um (laughs) But it's real simple while he can get $50 million a year. It's because he's got back-to-back MVPs. <clears throat> and he takes the Packers from being 13-4 and four or 14-3. and three. And if he leaves, they probably drop to 9-8 and eight or like 6-11. and 11. Like He has the leverage if he wants to extend. But again, he all, like the Packers have to be careful of playing this game of chicken because he could certainly come back to Green Bay – and not extend, and then he's a free agent next year. Yeah, and the Packers, you know, will get like a third round compensatory pick for him. But you're talking three or four first round picks, value wise. Now, how much of this do you think? I'm sorry, you were you were going to say more, but you're still you're still it's got snots blowing. coming up. Yeah, so like you're still blowing this your thirty two <laughs> thirty two ounce can <laughs> has has like. <laughs> a really wide mouth. Uh-huh. And like to really get the end of it, you had to like tilt it up. 
and you can't breathe and drink beer at the same time. And I just like, it came out my nose all over me. It's still coming out. I'm still coughing a little bit over here. It's coming you're, out of your I eyes. Mean, you're a, you're a true professional because you just kept going. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm going to die over here. Yeah. And I saw, <laughs> I saw you look for the pause. Yes, and I was and like, then, oh, he's still talking mid-sentence. Yeah. I can't pause it. Too far, and then there was another coughing attack. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it going. Oh, you're a true pro. Just just like your college paper, where it's like a 500-word limit. And you're like, and thus, <laughs> this stand. <laughs> double, double spacing after every period. Yep. <laughs> uh, uh, good times. Um, so how much a question? So wait, you were going to say something about value and draft picks. Related to Aaron Rodgers. What I don't understand, like what was the Packers' thoughts around drafting Jordan Love? That's all I want to know. I would love to have been a fly on the wall in that war room because they traded up to get him. Mm -hmm. So they saw something they liked, clearly. when they drafted Rodgers. Rodgers fell to them. Mm -hmm. They went up and got Jordan Love because they were worried about the Patriots picking him and a couple other teams. So you trade up and go and get this guy, a first-round pick. You, Having lived through the Brett Favre situation, you had to have known this is really going to piss Aaron off. Mm-hmm. And it did. So, like, what is the end goal? Because if, if the goal was we love Jordan Love because we think he's going to be our franchise quarterback, then I don't know why they're doing this for Rodgers. Rodgers should already be have, have been traded. So are you saying that like Rogers has a legitimate like he's he's coming from a place of legitimacy like doing what he's doing? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying because I think it's it's all his ego. That's that's all that's pissing him off. And you know whatever, fine. He's earned that right. What I don't know, <clears throat> the Packers, at least from where I sit, seem to have made a mistake, and this is their way of admitting their mistake. Like, I don't know if we'll ever see Jordan Love play as a Green Bay Packer. Again. Yeah, are you going to sit him for another year? This would be year three? Yeah, because if there's any talks of extending Rodgers, what do you do with Jordan Love? It's, yeah, like, at that point, it's not even a shiny new toy or a shiny new car that you bought. No, you're admitting that you screwed up by drafting him. I think they already admitted that, right? Like, Unless the goal is, hey, we want to truly do a last dance with Rodgers, finish out your contract, we'll let you walk in free agency, and then Jordan Love will have sat for three years, <clears throat> which, to be fair, is the same amount of time that Aaron Rodgers sat. Okay. Oh, okay. But but then you, like, they need to know when was Jordan Love drafted, 2019? No, he was, he was COVID. He was 2020 because I – so he's I, going into his third year. Yep. So at the end of this next year, though, assuming they bring Rodgers back, <clears throat> by May 3rd of next year, they have to figure out whether they want to place the fifth-year option on Jordan Love. How do you do that when he's never played a – well, he played against the Chiefs. When he's played one game of meaningful football in his entire career. If you remember in 2020, he didn't even get a preseason. Mm-hmm. That's a tough decision to make, and <clears> – <throat> Now we're kind of sitting here doing do we, don't we? Well, we're going to wait for Aaron to tell us what he wants to do. We're not even listening to trade talks because we want him to be back. So Jesus. It's, it, it, to me, when you see the, the series of events that have occurred leading up to where we are today, it, it's, it's, 
it's really hard to look at those things and not think that the Packers know that they that they screwed up a little bit, at least going up in the draft to draft Jordan Love, and then now realizing you have a little bit of film on the guy, you you have a lot of practice film on him, and maybe maybe they were wrong in that scouting room. <coughs> maybe. Maybe. But 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 you bring up a good point. If if Aaron sat for three years, right, and he was taken in a similar position in that draft in the first round when Aaron was drafted in two thousand six, I believe. Yeah, I believe that's right. Um, he fell, so he fell into the twenties. Um, Aaron did in that draft. Uh, Jordan Love, like later in the in the first round, like I think he might have been like eighteen or nineteen. So I think they were they were looking for Jordan Love to be like kind of like in a similar boat like Aaron Rodgers. And he just hasn't panned out. Yeah. I mean, I when it first happened, I think like most Packer fans, I hated it. Like it was I, I there's so many holes that that team could have used, but at the same time, and Andrew Brandt says this on Twitter all the time, the worst time to draft a quarterback is when you need one. Mm-hmm. It's like you go and get your guy who can sit for a couple years when you have a MVP pro bowler ahead of him. it's a good point yeah so if if the packers don't do this and they don't draft jordan love and they don't trade up for him are we going through this aaron Rodgers green bay circus today probably just because if it wasn't jordan love it would have been somebody last year some yeah something else that like didn't didn't sit well with aaron yeah i i mean he's 39 it's it, he's going to be 40 next year. It's like he's not going to play forever. You have to plan for the future. Un, unpopular opinion. It's baffling how much he lets his like relationships dictate what he enjoys or like the like just his life. And I think it was especially evident with Shailene Woodley. Like when did you hear about him doing all of these weird like cleanses and eating like mud and like doing all of this holistic like health stuff i I know what you mean but i also i think that um he's always been this weird he just now has a platform that he's never had in the pat mcafee show Mm. think about in the days before podcasting you would hear from players in their 30 second press conference in front of the local news and that's it now he does a Tuesday segment with Pat McAfee where they talk about his life, they talk about his travels, what he's been up to. Pat McAfee is kind of a fun, jovial guy. They drink beer, or he does, you know, all that stuff. So I think Rogers opens up to him. And so I think Rogers has always been a little bit zen and hippie-ish. I just think now you hear about it because of the podcast platform specifically. That's Yeah, like like that that vehicle, I think, is is giving him a little more of a voice. Yeah. Um, but man, like, is there a quarterback that you can think of that, that has been like enthralled in more like relationship drama than Aaron Rodgers? Like, can you think back to all of the girlfriends that he's had? Aaron Andrews, Olivia Munn, Shailene Woodley, Danica Patrick. Yes. Danica Patrick. Um, I think his, I think the, the, the common thread there is he's dating celebrities that too yep like 
99% of the football world dates, I don't want to say your average girl, but, you know, not movie stars, not race car drivers, not sideline reporters. They date, I don't know how they meet these girls. Supermodels. <laughs> Giselle. Yeah. And I Tom. Mean, Russ married Sierra. Sierra. Yeah, that's true. But then, yeah, for every one of those, you have like a Matt Stafford, right? Or... Um, they meet in college? Him and his wife? That's a good question. I, I don't so. know. I think it was college. <clears throat> uh, so that that's intriguing. I, I, I just think of it because whether it's the platform, which I think has, has some, some to do with it, I do think Shailene just in general, like just made him like a little weirder and like made it more open. Like Aaron, go date Tom Brady. Go date a Super Bowl winner so you can win a Super Bowl, bro. I think. <laughs> uh, I think. I think the other part of it, though, is like <clears throat> the other thing is the Packers have just been heartbroken over the last, I don't know, decade of them losing in championship games. Like when you lose, like they did this past year or even last year in the NFC Championship game, and then you got to deal with all this, I demand a trade stuff. Like as a fan, you look for the sour. Like, oh, Aaron Rodgers wants a trade, and now he's skipping OTAs to be at Disney World with Shailene, and oh, now he's going to Hawaii. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a little bit vindictive in the reporting because mm-hmm. I guarantee you, if they won a Super Bowl last year, a lot less people would have been would have cared if Rodgers was at Disney World during OTAs or in Hawaii on the beach, you know, on their couples retreat. Winning, winning solves a lot of solves everything. Yes. Silences um, the haters. Do you know what Rogers is up to this weekend? No, and uh, I'm so, afraid. <laughs> but please so, share. So David Bakhtiari is getting married this weekend in California. Shout out to the Bakhtiaris. Congratulations. Yeah, congrats. Um, Aaron Rodgers is officiating the wedding. Mm, a man of is, many talents. Is that most? That's like the most on-brand thing Rogers is as a yeah. wedding officiant. Yes. Yeah. Oh man. He just he loves facilitating whether it's <laughs> whether it's on TV, Jeopardy. Um yes, or, Jeopardy. or or it's a it's at a wedding ceremony. Has Jeopardy found a permanent host for that show? I don't watch it enough to know I to be either. honest. I I would not be shocked if that comes up in the next 6 weeks. I know, right. Last thing on Rogers and then I do want <laughs> do want to move on. Someone tweeted I forget who it was, but they were like, oh, another major NFL event. Yep, here comes Rogers news. <laughs> like, can we yep. just watch one yep. NFL event, whether it's the combine, the draft, <laughs> without Aaron Rodgers, you know, being in the news? And no. So the next, we won't hear Aaron Rodgers' name for the next eight weeks until a draft, which is April 28th. Too much to ask for. All right, let's move on. All right, so let's switch gears here. Uh, news broke this week. Uh, the Cowboys are ready to move on from Amari Cooper. A little bit of a shock. He just signed a five-year, $100 million deal in 2020. So he was signed in Dallas through 2024. Um, but it looks like the Cowboys are going to look to create a little bit of cap space. And looks, I think Schefter used the term likely that they'll be moving on from Amari Cooper. So I thought that news was interesting to say the least. Oh yeah. Um So what do you think that means for the Dallas offense? Without without Amari Cooper, your I, I think it means they bring back Michael Gallup. 
Yep. Dallas loves drafting wide receivers. They really do. So I think they'll draft somebody. Early. They love drafting wide receivers early. They've been tied to Traylon Burks, who we mentioned during the combine segment of the show. I could see him drafting someone mid-first round. And then you got CeeDee Lamb. Mm-hmm. Talented. Another guy. Maybe bring back Gallup. Dalton Schultz is a free agent. We haven't gotten to tight end free agencies yet. Yeah. Do they bring him back? The real loser here, Dak Prescott, losing Amari Cooper. <sighs> yes. I don't know yeah. how much it implicates the the offense. Like Ezekiel Elliott's still going to be like a top tier running back, um, or or like more of a top running back. I think I think he's he's maybe lost like a quarter of a step, but he's he's still a great back. Um, that offensive line is great. It's just Dex Dex losing a sure-handed, big-bodied receiver now. Yeah, I mean, looking at Amari Cooper's stats. Since he's been drafted in 2015, so he's played in seven years, he's averaging over 100 yards a catch. Or, excuse me, he's averaging over 100 receptions a year. Or 100 targets, excuse me. He had 500 catches. He's averaging over 1,000 yards per season. He's had 46 touchdowns. Like that is consistent as consistency gets. Just a little bit shocking that they're going to move on after just re-signing him. Part of this, I think, maybe Amari Cooper just isn't happy in Dallas because there were reports about him not not being entirely thrilled um, about about some of his role and like Ceedee Lamb. I mean, rightfully so, eating into some of his his receptions and um. So maybe part of it is, it is Amari Cooper's, like, just unhappiness. Maybe. The other thing is his contract is set up in a way that made him likely to be cut if the Cowboys ran into money problems. So he signed a five-year, $100 million deal. Only $10 million of that was signing bonus. So that's $90 million in base salary which base salary is the easiest to get rid of because if it's not fully guaranteed, it's not really guaranteed. right? So even if it was like injury guaranteed, they could still cut him, and it's not guaranteed. So he had a five-year, $100 million deal, $10 million signing bonus. I guess $40 million of that was guaranteed. I'm going off spot tracks numbers here. <clears throat> so in 2020, he had a base salary of $10 million. Last year, he had a $20 million base salary that's 30 million you add the 10 million dollar signing bonus that's how you get the 40 million guaranteed so none of his salary is guaranteed moving forward and he's got cap hits of 22 million dollars over the next three years that's very high so the cowboys can cut him even though he's got 60 million dollars left on this contract the cowboys can cut him and they only take on a six million dollar dead cap this is a very team friendly deal now, don't get me wrong. Amari Cooper made $40 million the last two years, so he got mm-hmm. $20 million per in cash. Not Great bad. Payday. Not yeah. bad. He's only 27, so even if he gets cut, he's going to find another home. He's been productive. He is he's been, been stable. He's been really productive, and I don't mean to cut you off, but do you think that part of this like team-friendly deal that we're talking about um, has anything to do with him coming from Oakland? Because... He struggled as a Raider 
when they were still in Oakland. Um, he just, he, he never really got, got the wheels turning and he never really amounted to like his first round draft. But like, def- define struggle. As a rookie, he had 1,000 yards and six touchdowns. Mm-hmm. His second year, 1,100 yards and five touchdowns. His last year in Oakland, 680 yards. Okay. He might have been Seven hurt. Seven touchdowns. Yeah, he only played 14 games that year. Okay, so that's... That's not struggling. No, no, I guess not. Maybe, so So struggle is the wrong... That's So I'm glad that you have the stats in front of you. Maybe struggle is... A, he, very similar to our combine talk earlier in this podcast, there was an expectation set. Right, and he just wasn't living up to that expectation. Yeah, when you're drafted number four, you're expected to be Calvin Johnson, or mm-hmm. I get that, but like he's been just steady between five and eight touchdowns a year, which probably would like to see those touchdown numbers up a little bit. But that's the least but a thousand yards a year. He's yeah, just steady. And touchdowns are the hardest to reproduce year over year. You can you'll you'll have a hundred yard reception, or you'll have a hundred receptions every year easy to replicate like as long as you have the quarterback same same play calling scheme yardage air yards are very like you can replicate that stat touchdowns hard to come by yeah well and also misleading i mean like look at aaron jones i think he had like i don't know 12 touchdowns he had four of those in one game yeah yeah (laughs) so like yeah it's definitely different um so you know the big thing to remember though and I talked about this in a Instagram post. As we head into free agency in the next 11 days, be very careful what you read. Because I guarantee when Amari Cooper signed his contract, everything on the ESPN ticker, everything that was talked about online, Amari Cooper signs five-year, $100 million deal. When in reality, Amari Cooper signed a two-year, $40 million deal. Yep. So... <clears throat> NFL contracts are not guaranteed. So agents especially are guilty of this. What do they want to broadcast to the world? I got Amari Cooper a five-year, $100 million deal because that's what they can sell to other players. Like, hey, I can get this deal for you. You should sign with me. But really, they did they do Amari Cooper favors? I don't know. It's not the worst thing in the world to get cut. It really isn't because then you're a free agent and you can go sign somewhere else. And maybe you can do better than $20 million a year. I don't know. Um, so it's not the end of the world. So um, I don't know if this was, quote, unquote, a bad deal. I know that you brought up a Reddit article that was kind of dragging his agent under the bus a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you, you don't, you, none of us were there. We don't know what the negotiations were. The fact that Amari Cooper got $40 million over the last two years is not a bad deal. It's about his market worth. Mm-hmm. Now that Dallas wants to move on, it gives them an out, and he can go sign that next deal. Will he get twenty? Mill, I don't know, but that'll be his job to figure out. Interesting, yeah, hundred. So, in your opinion, do you think that Amari Cooper is a wide receiver one, or because I mean, because there's no doubt, right? Like, I I don't think anyone's talking about Amari Cooper as a top three wide receiver today. He's he's a great wide receiver, certainly in the discussion to be a top ten wide receiver in the NFL. Um, would you trust Amari Cooper to be your wide receiver one? He's mm-hmm. a phenomenal wide receiver too. Great wide receiver too. Yeah, God. He's like a really... So, so let me ask you this because I'm going to punt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, punt it back. Hot potato. 
who is wide receiver one right now in Dallas? Is it him or is it C D Lamb? Exactly. That's that's a great point. Um I think I think CD's rookie year, it was very clearly Amari Cooper. Um I think I think this year I I don't have the stats like readily available in front of me. Eight hundred and sixty five yards, eight touchdowns. C D Lamb? No. Oh sorry, uh, Cooper. Oh. Okay. Oh, he had under a thousand yards this year. He, he, he was missed, hurt. He missed a couple games, but you know he was hurt. He's played in 15, 14 games every season. And so he's a lock for about. He's going to play at least fourteen games a year. Yep. And C- like C- Land this year had eleven hundred yards and six touchdowns. So Cooper had more touchdowns but fewer yards. Uh, in, oh man, that's so tough. He I don't seventy nine catches. Cooper had sixty eight. Just based on stats, if we didn't have names attached to them, it to me it looks like CeeDee Lamb would have been the better or the more favorite target and had better numbers than Amari Cooper. Put it this way, it would be a good problem to have in Dallas to keep Cooper with CeeDee Lamb. Oh, right. man, that, that offense. Yeah, you think about they had some stars. Dalton Schultz was a stud. Mm-hmm. He's probably going to get paid in free agency this year unless he comes back to Big D. You had Cooper. You had CeeDee Lamb. You had the Zeke-Pollard combo. Plus, you have a stud offensive line. <laughs> I know people love to give Dallas shit. If they saw, if they find a way to retain most of this roster, I still think they're the team to beat the NFC. Mm-hmm. They just have most components. But if Cooper walks, like that's a huge hit. So you can't just replace Amari Cooper. No, no. And as good as Michael Gallup has looked, um, which d- promising, right? Yeah, like I think he was banged up this year too, though, wasn't he? He tore his ACL. Yeah. Um, so what's he going to be like coming off that ACL? Exactly. Uh, so interesting. Some some question marks. Um, so just to touch on what what you touched on regarding Amari Cooper leaving some money on the table. Uh, this was back when he was leaving the Oakland Raiders and he was courting other teams. Reportedly, Amari Cooper had made a comment saying that he wanted to win a Super Bowl in Dallas. And then Dallas offered him this five-year, $100 million contract that he's in today. He turned it down, and this is a quote, significantly more money, end quote, from at the time the Washington Redskins he 100% made the better career move so so you think you think taking less money and going to Dallas versus taking more money up front or like we don't know the details of the contract but it, 100% assumingly it would be more than his current 5 year 100 million dollar deal that he got in Dallas you think he made the right move 100% why when he leaves Dallas, let's say Dallas cuts him, he will re-sign somewhere, and he'll make. Spot has got his market value at seventeen million. Let's say he gets, let's say he gets that, seventeen million, and he goes to I don't know, pick your Cleveland, yeah, whatever. He will have signed another contract. If he would have went to Washington, think about who. So he went to Oakland. He went to Dallas in twenty eighteen. Think about who the Washington Redskins slash football team slash Commanders have had. 
as their quarterback. You've said all you needed to say in those three names. <laughs> that organization is so dysfunctional. Yeah. I, I don't represent <laughs> any wide receivers, but when the day comes that I do, you obviously don't have a, tra- a, a choice on where you're drafted. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. When it comes to free agency, who the quarterback for that team is, is probably the most important decision. The second is money. You gotta, I mean, yeah. If you go to, it was like, do you remember when Greg Jennings left the Packers and he went to, well, he went to the Vikings first, right? Minnesota, yeah, before the and Dolphins. And he went to Dolphins. When he went to the Dolphins, the Dolphins didn't have a quarterback and his career was over. Mm-hmm. If Amari Cooper would have left Oakland, now he maybe he has enough talent to outproduce that, but I think about <clears throat> Corey Davis last year. Leaves Tennessee in free agency, goes to the Jets. Yeah. Is he Where's he sign, been? It, he's, so he signed a three-year, $34 million deal or, or something like that. Good on him. Get your money. But now when you're going to be 27, 28, and you're coming out of that second contract, what are the odds you sign a third contract when you're catching 50 balls for 500 yards and four touchdowns because the Jets stink? Yep. You're not going to get that $20 million contract per year going somewhere else. It's like Le'Veon Bell, same thing, when he went to the Jets after sitting out a, a year in Pittsburgh. Like, those skill positions, you need to think about what type of offense you're going in. Like, if I'm Devontae Adams, this is something, if Rodgers comes back to Green Bay, Adams needs to be thinking about, do I take a slightly team-friendly deal to keep playing with Aaron Rodgers as of going to Miami and playing with Tua? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, not to pick on Tua, but you're not Aaron Rodgers. No, no. And, you know, when you're a wide receiver, your career is 100% tied to your quarterback. That's, I mean, you don't touch the ball on, until after the quarterback touches the ball, yes. unless you're Debo Samuel. And, you know, I, I think as an agent, it's hard to show teams, well, hey, watch the film. Look how, how much separation my guy creates. Yeah, I know he only caught 50 balls for 500 yards, but, like, look at he's always open. That's a lot harder of an argument than my guy caught 100 balls for 1,000 yards and caught 12 touchdowns. Still a bargaining chip yep. for teams Absolutely. today, right? You like, didn't produce stat-wise. Yep. Uh, I, I very much agree with you. I, I, was, I was just curious because I'm, I'm sure that's just, just even the fact that that's on Twitter and that article is being written today um, just proves it. Like there's not like a – I think I – think, the aisles split there there are people on both sides yeah I, I mean some players will get whatever they can and you know what nothing's guaranteed in the like look at cooper's contract if he'd have blown out his knee last year he'd be fucked yeah so he you just wouldn't get paid right because yeah, that's not guaranteed they, they would cut him now they can't cut him while he's hurt but assuming his acl heals like they just cut him he's got no more guaranteed money and now you're not going to get the same contract that you would have like there's a big gamble so you know nothing's guaranteed in the nfl unless it's specifically guaranteed so i don't blame players for getting whatever they can while they can you only play for four to 15 years get it while you can but at the same time like there needs to be a little bit of long-term thinking here i think he was right in taking a little bit less money to go to dallas versus going to washington because he probably would have died in washington his career would have died. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, he wouldn't have put up statistically the numbers that he did in Dallas. No. Also, Dak's come up 
probably helped a ton. I think they probably helped each other a ton. He Dak got a big-bodied receiver to throw to, and he, Amari got got a very capable quarterback and an offense that can put up numbers. Even a, even when they you know under what's his name Garrett, yeah, Jason Garrett. I mean that offense was still scoring points. Mm-hmm. That's what you want. You want to be on an offense that scores points. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um. So with that said, Amari Cooper, you thinking? It sounds like he's going to get paid as like a wide receiver one. Yeah, I think he'll he'll get seventeen to twenty million a year. He might take a little bit of a pay cut versus where his quote unquote contract was with Dallas. But you know, signing a new deal that means new signing bonus money, signing bonus money that means more guarantees. This could end up being a good thing for Mari Cooper, even though on paper it'll look like a pay cut. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. There's that. Anything else on Cooper? There's potential landing spots, but I mean, who, it's so early. Who knows? I, I well, he's going to get th- cut. If he's going to get cut, his bonus. Did I see he was due money on the fifth day of the league year, which would be like the twentieth of March or twenty-first of March? Did I see that? Did someone tweet that out? Schefter, maybe. Hmm. I didn't see that. I'm not sure. Give me two seconds. Yeah. Which is interesting because SpotTrack's got all of his money on uh, base salary, which means that there wouldn't be um, wouldn't be any roster bonuses, but I thought I saw. While you're looking that oh, up. Oh, here. Did you see? Oh, well, nice. More breaking moves. <laughs> Shout out to the part in my take, boys. Um, Cowboys have been working on a new deal with free agent-to-be Michael Gallup, and deal is considered to be close. Oh, nice. Uh, and they're probably getting him for a little bit of a discount, considering that uh, that ACL tear. Okay, so here we go. Cowboys are likely to release Amari Cooper. This is from Schefter on March fourth. By the start of the new league year, which is March sixteenth, Cooper is due twenty million in fully guaranteed money on the fifth day of the new league year, March twentieth. Mm-hmm. So his contract, he must have in his contract that <clears throat> it fully guarantees on um, on the fifth day of the league year. Okay. Wow. The thing with putting in those league those specific day guarantees is it does give a team an incentive to cut you. Yep. By a certain deadline, right? Yeah. But again, it's not like he would have gotten that money fully guaranteed anyway. No. Like he's not getting five for a hundred fully guaranteed. Mm-mm. So Mm-mm. don't uh, throw shit at the agent. None of us were in there. All right. Let's move on to Cole Beasley. I want to read this headline because really interesting. Here's the headline on ESPN. Bills grant wide receiver Beasley permission to seek trade. To me, the way I read that is like, okay, Cole, you want to go somewhere else? You figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so now, so, so, so now I just picture like Cole Beasley and his agent, like calling teams like, Hey, you want to trade the Buffalo bills for me? Like, <laughs> I wonder what those conversations are like. Uh, that's the way the headline read to me. He's, I don't know if that's how it's playing out, but no, it's. I'm, I mean, I, I see. I, I didn't get it until until you explained it. But that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, he's he's been he's been such an interesting dude. Another COVID guy storyline. He got in like deep t- 
Twitter water last year because he was very anti-vaccination, putting out some questionable, quote-unquote, scientific studies to uh, back up his opinions. And, <clears throat> yeah, he, he was hated, and he missed some time due to contract contact tracing, excuse me, um, with all the COVID stuff last year. So I have a feeling that Buffalo is just like, dude, you know what, whatever. You want to go? Go. Um, here's what Bill Bean, the GM, said. I haven't spoken to Cole personally or anything like that. We'll just have to take it day by day. Obviously, we're going to have some tough decisions to make across the roster again. Why are there straight cuts, restructures, extensions? We're going to look at a lot of areas. By the way, how amazing are GMs at talking without ever saying anything? Uh, like, I just read that on the fly. Yeah. He didn't say anything. What? Yeah. <laughs> Um, what? Uh, yeah, we're going to look at some things. It's going to be tough decisions, and we'll look at a lot of areas. All right. Super. Thanks, Thanks for, for the, the update. <laughs> <laughs> There's So Cole Beasley's like roller coaster ride. He's 32. Oh, he's 32 years old. Interesting. But he had 82 catches last year. Um, I'm, I'm reading just a couple of things from this past season on Cole Beasley, and it looks like he wasn't super popular in Buffalo. I guess fans fans were booing him. Uh and then around November, it looks like Cole Beasley deactivated his Twitter account. Probably for the best. Yeah. He was threatening to retire. Yes. I yes. He was fined multiple times for COVID violations. Not a big mask fan, Cole Beasley. Yeah, and he called out the fan base, which the Buffalo fan base, which for those that don't know, um, Buffalo fans. Oh, man. Alex, what could we say about Buffalo fans? Do you know that the city of Buffalo had the highest Super Bowl ratings in the country? Really? Buffalo loves football. They they love football, and they, they hate their cheaply made plastic tables <laughs> when they tailgate. <laughs> yep, they punish those tables. <laughs> I also get the sense they're not a too they're not very big fans of their owner. So their owner wants a new stadium. Mm-hmm. He wants the city of Buffalo to pay for it because NFL owners are cheap as hell. Like think about side tangent here. Think about like and we just went through this in Milwaukee because our the Bucks just built a new arena. Yeah. That was I think half Pfizer publicly form. financed, right? Mm-hmm. Which they still made out like bandits, Lazary. They all um, do. So, like, so the NFL, Buffalo wants a 100% taxpayer funded stadium. These guys are billionaires. They don't want to shell out any of their own money, but mm-hmm. they get all the profits from the games, mm-hmm. and the city gets tax revenue. It's, but I mean, <clears throat> they're they're the ones with the bankroll, right? So the guy from the owner of the Bills threatened to move the team to Austin, Texas. That was like his bargaining chip. Oh, like, wow. I'm going to take the bills out of Buffalo if you don't finance a stadium for me. What an interesting route to take as an owner. I guarantee that he's less likely to do that after the St. Louis Rams lawsuit. Oh, I didn't know about this lawsuit. You didn't hear about this lawsuit? No. So the city of St. Louis sued the Rams and the NFL because they left – <clears throat> the city of St. Louis, they did not follow the NFL's protocols for a team relocating. <clears throat> so <clears throat> they sued it. A lot of people in the legal space were excited because this would have been an opportunity to 
dig into the NFL behind the scenes through discovery. And then St. Louis, like idiots settled. I think they sell for like 750 million, um, which the city of St. Louis, you want to talk about government. They found this law firm and they paid them on commission. Oh, wow. Those, those lawyers made $250 million. <laughs> Good work. If you, I mean, and you can't knock the law firm, right? Like hey, if, if they're going to be dumb enough to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. And like, Oh, you're going to, you're, you're, you're going to pay me on whether I win this case or not. But think, but think about how stupid that is. So you, you retain a law firm, you're in negotiations. Why wouldn't the law firm take any deal more than 500 million? If they're getting 30% of it. Yeah. Where if you're paying them hourly, they're more likely to go to court. They could have gotten like $1.52 billion out of this lawsuit. Wow. But the lawyers saw $200 million payday. Of course. Well, sign. Yeah, yeah. Do it. Like done. Get this over with. Yeah. Can't blame them for it either. So anyway, That's- so Buffalo threatened to move their team. Probably a little less likely after the St. Louis lawsuit. But... It's, it's intriguing because you have owners like this that that will bring these things up, and we'll just use the Bucks as an example because I think they're one of the more recent ones. The Bucks owners, it's it's Lazary, and I always forget the other guy's name. Edens, yeah. yes. Um, financiers somewhere from the East Coast. I think they're hedge from funds. Brooklyn. Hedge, oh, hedge fund guys, aren't they? Um, I think yeah. Some they just like tons and tons of money. Uh, so. At the time when they bought the Bucks from Herb Cole, the Bucks were worth, let's say, six hundred million dollars. It it's in that ballpark range. They got the city of Milwaukee to subsidize half of the expense to build this new stadium. And fast forward three, four, five years, the Bucks won an NBA Finals championship. Today the Bucks are worth probably double. Oh, what, at least six hundred. Yeah, like one point four, one point five billion. Yeah, like I, I, I certainly believe that they've crossed the billion dollar threshold. So that means what's your, what's your return on investment? So in five years, you doubled your six hundred million dollar investment, or yeah. your, I'm sorry, your. It was five hundred million. It was five hundred million. Yeah. So you doubled literally your investment of 500 million to $1 billion and you only had to pay for half of the stadium. I know. Um, well, I'll take it one step further. The Staples Center rebranded now is at the Crypto.com Center. Crypto.com paid $600 million for those naming rights. Wow. So think about that. The Pfizer Forum was built for 500 million. What was uh, Sophie Stadium built for? Or is it SoFi? SoFi. SoFi. SoFi, what was that built for? Do you remember? Oh, man. Over, Six, seven hundred million? I thought it was over a billion. Okay, still. I guarantee you SoFi paid $800 million. If the Staples Center is getting $600 million, a lot of these deals aren't public, so I don't know if you'll find it. But if the Staples Center is getting $600 million, what do you think a football stadium's getting? Yep. Just in naming rights alone, that was taxpayer-funded stadium. SoFi Stadium cost more than $5 billion with a B dollars to build all privately funded by their owner oh, it was privately fund okay um vegas though this one i know 100 percent. the state of nevada paid 
for the Raiders to relocate there. Hmm. New stadium. They've been dying. They've been itching for sports. Agreed. I'm just saying, as an owner, yes, you you have a billion dollar stadium built for you. No out of pocket. You get all the naming rights. You get all the revenue. You shell out a couple tax dollars. Mm-hmm. Pretty good deal if you can get it. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, the Bills. I who who knows, man. Right, like great fan base. Uh, I guess the owner, a little questionable in in some of the decision making and like some of the smoke that he's throwing. But in terms of Cole Beasley, I don't. Yeah, what's what's the market like for a for an undersized sixth round pick, seventh round pick, a bag of footballs? What would you give for Cole Beasley? Right, I don't. He'd have to pay us, I think. <laughs> right, like. <laughs> Um, it, it, I, he'll he'll sign. He'll sign somewhere. He's a he's a very reliable slot receiver. So um, this is the last year on his deal. Um, I'm on spot track here. He gets a five hundred thousand dollar roster bonus on the fifth day of the league year, and then he's got a four point nine million dollar base salary. So he's set to make like $5 million. A new team would only take on his $4.9 million salary. Who's going to pay Cole Beasley $5 million this year? Yeah, I don't I don't see it. I have I mean, I think I think the Bills have said, "Hey, go out and see if you can find a trade, and if you can't, like you're going to get cut." Mm-hmm. Like if we can get something for you, great. If not, like clean yeah. out your locker. Yeah, it's time. Yeah. There's a pink slip waiting for you, buddy. Not to mention all of your stuff on Twitter. Like whether or not you believe Cole Beasley from a business standpoint was distracting. And we're now done with you. So and, and he's just not worth it. Right? Like he's he's thirty three. Yeah. See you later. Thought that headline was interesting though. Like, yeah, go find a trade. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um let's go to let's go to Rusty. Oh, Russell Wilson. Or do you want to end with Russell? Let's do Rusty. Yeah. Let's touch We're on him. Right at an hour and a half here. Excellent. Um, so apparently Washington, the commanders, got it right this time. Um, We're getting better. <laughs> We're getting better. Uh, the commanders made a significant trade offer for Russell Wilson. The sub-headline is Washington is going to kick the tires on any and all possibilities this year. <laughs> So they sh- <laughs> they're kind of like guys at the bar where they're shooting their shot first. Oh yeah. And they're going to work their way backwards to see who they can who they can, you know, take home if you know what I mean. It's all a numbers game, baby. <laughs> uh so let's start with Russell Wilson. I'm sure that if the Packers start accepting calls on Aaron Rodgers, they will be in the mix there as well. Um I don't know what the offer was. I ha- I don't know if it was publicly reported. Um I saw Pete Carroll on Twitter say, or he didn't say it on Twitter, but it was reported on Twitter that he expects Russell Wilson to be back. But Redskins throwing their their name in the ring, and now they'll start to move down the list of probably Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo, Carson Wentz, and so on and so forth. Jameis Winston, <laughs> all the way down to Mitch <laughs> Trubisky. I think you just kind of start to see him go down that line. So, uh, yeah. Washington shooting their shot with uh, the Seahawks and Russell Wilson. Why not? Why not? Uh, you should certainly if, try. If you don't ask, the answer is always no. Wayne Gretzky said it best, right? Slash Michael Scott. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. <laughs> uh, so gun to your head today, Alex, is Russell Wilson in Seattle at the start mm. of 2022? Or or is he starting for a different team? <laughs> I think he's if, in Seattle. If there's a gun to my head, the safe bet is Seattle. Mm-hmm. My gut says no, though. Really? Like if I had to put my life on it, I'm saying he's back in Seattle. He came out a day ago and said, Seattle's the place that I'm at right now. Quote, Seattle's the place that I'm at right now, and I love it, and it's great. He is a guy that he's the most cliche press conference guy there ever has been. Yeah. You will never catch catch Russell Wilson saying the wrong thing in a press conference. He's very polished. Yes. Uh, very smart. From that standpoint, he will never be an Aaron Rodgers situation. Oh, no. No. Could you imagine? No. Like every, that circus? Yeah, n- never. Aaron or Russell Wilson, every press conference is exactly the same. Put your teammates first, coaching staff, and then him. And he's just like that guy. So he's not, I don't think, going to ever show his cards. The thing with Russell Wilson is not only does there need to be a trade offer that Seattle would take, he needs to agree on it. Because he's got mm. a no-trade clause. So, like, with Washington making an offer, I don't think you'll see Russell Wilson dead in a commander's uniform. <clears throat> so you would need a team that he wants to go to make an offer that Seattle agrees to. There's a lot of steps there. So I think the smart money is that he's back in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Plus, look at all the teams that are searching for a quarterback. Is Seattle going to trade a guy like Russell Wilson away when he's only 32, 33 years old? I mean, that package would have to be a really lucrative... Four first rounds. Yeah. Yeah, it would have to be a Seattle-friendly package, and I don't know that a team... Maybe there is a team that'll 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 give that up, but I'm in your boat. Yeah. He's, he's, he's in Seattle. Another guy apparently on the block that we talked about on Wednesday with uh, Meat Stick, Saquon Barkley. Uh, Which, more developments on that. Yeah, I would, I'm going to pat myself on the back here. Give myself a little pat, pat, pat. <laughs> According to various media outlets, sources are saying that the market for him is a fourth or fifth round pick. You guys were, uh, so far, because he hasn't signed yet, but so far, you guys called it. I, I was saying he was still worth a potential first round pick, or or that a team would be willing to give up a first round pick for a Saquon Barkley. Okay, so if you are the New York football giants, where's your walkaway point? It's a if, good, so if, if Buffalo calls because they need a running back and they say, look, we'll give you a third. And he's got one year left on his deal yeah. without the guarantee that he's going to resign? Yeah, he could walk in free agency. But oh. you also have the franchise tag. You have tools to keep him another year if you mm-hmm. want him. Yeah, that's, I mean, certainly not a first for a year. I don't think that you could give up a first-round draft pick for one year without can you renegotiate that that salary? Like Oh yeah, once he gets traded he can resign. He oh. can renegotiate. So unless there is like conversation that he's going to resign yeah. and a first will be given up, I don't think without that conversation occurring a third would be um but look at it from the Giants point of view. Yeah. So not from the team that's trading for him, but from the Giants, what would you be willing to part ways with Saquon for I 
I'm still I'm still standing by it. I think I think it's a first for Saquon. So if <clears throat> Buffalo calls and says we'll give you a second, you're saying no. Ooh, walk away. That's right. Yeah, I'd take a second. What about third? Mm, I don't know about a third. That's that that's to me, I still think Saquon Barkley is like a a top running back in the NFL. Um so to me a third would be a third would be tough if you if you know you're not going to get him back take the third but a second would be comfortable for me you you think otherwise though i i think since you own the rights to him i th- yeah I, I i don't necessarily disagree with you i think if you can't get a second for him you probably keep him but I think the market that they're talking about is right. I think if I'm a team offering a trade, I'd probably offer a fourth, maybe coming down to a third mm-hmm. with some negotiations. I think that's what he's worth right now. And unfortunately, he hasn't reproduced since he hurt himself after his rookie year. And it's just the running market's tough. The running back market's tough. It also depends on what you think he would resign for. If you remember his rookie year when he blew up and he took the NFL by storm, like he was going to be the guy to break Christian McCaffrey's number Mm -hmm. 16 mil per year. That was going to be him. He just ain't that guy anymore. But I think what you'd be willing to give up for him depends on what you think his market is. Is it 7 million? Is it 8 million? Is it like what, like Kenyon Drake is getting 5 million, 6 million. It's a tough call. Agreed. I, I, I mean, I think he gets paid as a top wide or a top running back. What do you mean by that? Like, like so. Put in a little bit of context. McCaffrey's at sixteen. Kamara's at fifteen. Cooks at fifteen. I think he's in. I think he's in that ballpark. Oh God, not anymore. No, I don't even think he's near Chubbs or Aaron Jones anymore. Interesting. And those guys are getting twelve per. Yeah, it's I. The fact that we're even having this conversation, I think, I think is is very telling of Saquon Barkley's situation today. Yeah, a little bit tougher. It's if. If he could find the right fit, I think he he comes back to the Saquon Barkley of his rookie year. The guy's a workout warrior. Like he's not gonna not be prepared. It's mm-hmm. just man. We just haven't seen it consistently. Not since he got hurt. Yeah. And part of it is he's in a bad offense with a bad offensive line. That's it. Goes back to what we were talking about with Amari Cooper. And where should you sign? As a running back, you need to go to a team with a good quarterback who's going to relax the box and an offensive line that's not going to get you killed. Mm-hmm. Like it's that's that's as simple as it is unfortunately. You got to like players need to not always look at the dollar amount and look at where their career can take off and you can sign the next deal. It's, yeah, just at at that position cuz I agree with you at that position it's it's just so hard to stay healthy. It's such a violent the running back position is just so violent, dude. If you like, think about it, the only positions that like create their own destiny on offense is offensive line. Yeah. Like if you're a quarterback, you're dependent on your offensive line. If you're a wide receiver, you're dependent on your quarterback. If you're a running back, you're dependent on your offensive line. Like only as an offensive lineman are you truly able to create your own destiny from a contract standpoint. Maybe defensive line too. Well, defense I think is its own animal. Like if you're a corner, your abilities will take you wherever you want to go. Mm-hmm. Safety, linebacker, linebacker a little bit. You're probably dependent on the defensive line to you know 
blocks and things like that. Defensive line, obviously, doing your own thing. So defense is probably a little more independent. But offense is so dependent on other pieces, unless you're the offensive lineman. Yep. Interesting. That's a good take. I never thought about it that way. Yeah. Maybe kicker, too. Okay. One more thing, and then we'll wrap up for today. J.C. Jackson, uh, stud corner, rumored that um, he's not in contract talks at all with the New England Patriots. That is bizarre to me. So he was an all-pro corner last year. Some news articles that you pointed out before the podcast today. Um, he wants Jalen Ramsey money. Mm-hmm. I don't blame him. He's an undrafted free agent, so this is his first shot of real money. He's only 26. All pro. And the rumor is the Patriots aren't even talking to him. So that means one of two things. Either they're willing to let him walk or he's guaranteed to get the franchise tag. And they'll do it all over again next year. Do you have any thoughts on J.C. Jackson? Uh, I I just I don't think if they offer him a franchise tag, I don't think he's like I I think you're heading for a holdout. It, so the new CBA made it impossible to hold out. Really? So what? He will start to get fined like fifty thousand dollars a day per day he misses of training camp. Interesting. There, you will never see another player hold out in the NFL. <clears throat> okay. I guarantee it. It's That's too expensive. You will see hold-ins. Um, who was a good example of this last year? There were several guys. Um, Deshaun Watson's one. Oh, who was it? Skill guys will get uh, hamstring injuries. A hold-in. I love it. Yeah. Just like That's what will happen. They'll show up to camp, and then all of a sudden, ooh, my hamstring's tight. The Marshawn Lynch. Yeah. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Exactly. And then they'll be, quote-unquote, rehabbing their – but meanwhile, they're just they're healthy. They just don't want to play, and but they're going to show up to camp. They'll show up to meetings because it's too expensive to hold out. Interesting. Good to know. I did not know that. Um, there there is a report. So from WCVB, shout out WCVB. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in Boston, they're they're writing that or they're reporting that the new that the New England Patriots are not expected to use a franchise tag on J.C. Jackson. Yeah, you know what? I'm seeing that too on YouTube. Patriots press pass. J.C. Jackson will hit free agency. Wow. It's so it's it's. I mean, question marks around this decision in New England, but then you remember it's Bill Belichick. The guy is a freaking genius. So I was thinking about this today because our favorite thing to do is talk about Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. If Bill Belichick never wins another Super Bowl, it's like a chicken or the egg question. Like, is Bill Belichick this great genius? Or was it just a culture thing? He had a first ballot guaranteed Hall of Fame quarterback. Like, last year, we were kind of ready to write him off, and then they won like eight in a row, and then they're like the number one seed, and they flamed out. Like, is this a brilliant move, letting J.C. Jackson walk because they don't want to pay him $20 million per? Or is it just, like, Bill Belichick's ego getting in the way? Like, 
I don't know. The guy knows more about football. He's forgotten more about football than I'll ever know. He he's just historically had he just has a very well documented history of finding ways to get players to perform at a great value. Yes. I worry though, like all those years he got Tom Brady to take less than market value. Like how many in in today's NFL, how many guys like that are you gonna find? He found a lot. Like at the cornerback position. And I'm cheating a little bit, so so I'm looking at just a it's it's a published article of Bill Belichick's past cornerbacks that he found at a discount. Malcolm Butler, Stefan Gilmore. Darrell Revis. How many kids do you think he has now? Oh, last I heard it was like 12, wasn't it? Yep. Probably with COVID. Who knows? Oh, yeah, a lot of Sky's the limit. Um, <laughs> Asante Samuel. And now, J.C. Jackson. He let Stefan Gilmore go yep. last year. Yep. And that was a questionable move. They were still a great team this year. J.C. Jackson is now just the next guy up. So your take is that he is extremely confident and able to find the next sixth, seventh round undrafted free agent to come in and fill that corner spot without a drop in talent. Bill Belichick is the fucking man. And he, if, if there is a guy that you would bet on as a coach to find it and do it, what what they've been doing, Yes, it's Bill Belichick. The thing I worry about the Patriots, Bill Belichick is not great at the draft. He, if you look historically, he's not. No, they they find a lot of their like talent in free agency on short deals. Yes, and guys that I, I, I wonder if the dynasty perception is over. Like, look at what Brady was able to do in Tampa. Mm-hmm. Is Mac Jones and Bill Belichick going to be able to do that? Where you're going to be able to get the Randy Mosses, the you know whoever to come in for a little bit less than market value, but you know you get to play for Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. If you don't have Tom Brady anymore, and you're no like, they're no longer the favorite in that division. That's Buffalo's division. Isn't that crazy? So are you still going to be able to get those guys to come in and take a two-year shot to win a Super Bowl with you? What do you think? No. Really? I don't. And unless they get better at the draft, like you look at J.C. Jackson, undrafted free agent, you listed off a bunch of great names. Other than Revis, I don't think, I think all those guys were developed by the Patriots. They they have something going there. So maybe they can continue to do that. But like wide receiver, they've been terrible at. Mm-hmm. Well, they haven't needed to, right? Like they've They need to now. Yes. So now it's a different and team. And they overpaid for two tight ends. Like I like Hunter Henry, but I think they overpaid for him. Same with uh, is it Njoku? Who's no Njoku's in Cleveland? Who's the other tight end they signed? I can't think of his <coughs> name. Uh, what's funny right now is Meat Sticks like banging his head on his dashboard. yeah 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 um, oh yeah hundred percent this this is the void that that Meat Stick is able to fill he has he has a uh, a legacy knowledge of player names. Um, Jonu Smith. There it is. Ah, yes. Um, Jonu Smith had a terrible statistical year last year. Um, but like other than tight end, they don't spend money. 
So it's just like... And Bill Belichick does love his two tight end sets. Loves it. And it's worked for him. And I have a take. And it just... I'm just thinking about it now. But I think... So with... There's no question. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady together. Phenomenal team. Right? Like they they brought the best out of each other for a, a long period of time and were very successful doing it. I think today both are I, I know Tom won a Super Bowl, so maybe this will be a little bit of a hot take. I think both of them are a little weaker today without each other. I think both of them make each other much better. Mm. And Tom Brady was a large recipe of the Patriot way. Without Tom Brady, the Patriot way still stands. It's still, I mean, Bill Belichick is still Bill Belichick. And we saw Mac Jones. He's he's no Tom Brady. And they were still at the head of that division, even with Buffalo. They're the number one seed in the AFC for a hot minute. Yeah. I'm going to disagree with you. Just because Tom, it. Tom Brady won a Super Bowl and made it to the division run of the playoffs and they had a lot of other drama that probably did not help that team as they were making a push. You had the Antonio Brown stuff. Mm-hmm. Godwin got hurt. Evans was battling injuries. Like he, could, Tom Brady was probably a couple of injuries away from potentially going back-to-back Super Bowls this year. Yeah. And if Tom, Brady, if Tom Brady goes back-to-back, you're not saying like, oh, Bill Belichick would have made him stronger. Like he just proved he could win back-to-back somewhere else and the fact that he even won one do you know who is tied there is i'll put it this way because there's not a great trivia question to ask there is no active quarterback that has more than one super bowl win what with tom brady retiring yes wow there's not one yeah like the chiefs have you know, been there a couple of times, but they've only got one. Russell Wilson's only got one. Aaron Rodgers has one. Stafford has one now. Even if Big Ben didn't retire, like Big Ben's retired now, he had two. Oh, okay. There's no active quarterback that has more than one Super Bowl win. Wow, interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. I. I. I mean, it's a pack. Like there was greatness in in new england i think there still is greatness like within bill belichick but i don't know if bill ever gets back he's and he's i disagree you think they get back to his rule yeah at some point um he's, he's not getting young bill belichick yeah how old is bill 69 nice <laughs> <laughs> just confirmed gronk going back to the yeah. patriots <laughs> yeah uh rob gronkowski has entered the chat <laughs> interesting yeah that's i mean he is getting older that's what pete carroll is an older (laughs) coach that comes to mind i just pulled him up on google there's just this disheveled picture of him with torn sweatshirt i love that uh it's i i i can't knock i just can't get on like knocking bill belichick the master i just slap a wig on him and aaron Rodgers go date Bill Belichick, so we can win a Super Bowl. Just suck some of that knowledge up. <laughs> You'll never see another dynasty like the 2000s Patriots. No. You'll, I don't think you'll ever see in our lifetime and our team win six. That dominant, no. Over 
18 years or whatever it was. And they lost three more. Like they went to nine Super Bowls. Not even exclusive to football. I think in any sport. Yeah, I mean, what's the best comparison? Probably the Golden State Warriors. Yeah, Golden State, maybe Lakers of like, like old school Lakers, right? Like the Kobe Shaq era, maybe. The San Francisco Giants won three and six in baseball. They won every other year for three years. Yeah, right. Like every odd or even year they did. Even that doesn't compare. It stops at three. They went to nine championships and won six of them. Yeah, that spans across football. Right, like, like that. Even if you're like, oh, well, it was over 18 years. Yeah, but that means you went to the championship game every other year for nine, mm-hmm. <laughs> for 18 years. Yeah, makes me hate the Patriots just right? a they were little six bit and more. Three, or were they six and two in Super Bowls? Yeah, they lost to the Eagles too. They were six and three. I think so. Yeah, Eagles and the Giants. The Giants twice. Yep. <laughs> wow. Somewhere, Eli's smiling. He hates Brady. Hates the NFC East. <laughs> How weird is that? All from the same division. Um. Interesting. The fact that we're even bickering over whether it was Belichick or Brady. I mean, they're, God, yeah. first ballot Hall of Famers, greatness, the greatest coaching quarterback duo of all time. Yeah. Yeah. There's no no denying that. Interesting stuff, man. I don't know. Do you think J.C. Jackson resets the market on the corner, on the cornerback? Ramsey's so, making like 20 per. Oh. I mean, Next guy up is always the hottest guy Correct. on the market. Um, he's so Spot Tracks got his market value at twenty point nine million. So Spot Tracks betting that he he, he will. will be the next highest paid quarterback or cornerback. Excuse me, five for one hundred four. They got him. Jalen Ramsey got five for a hundred. Marshawn Lattimore's got five for ninety seven. Marlon Humphrey's got five for ninety seven, and Tre'Davious White got four for sixty nine. Nice, nice. Uh, I'll go yeah. I'll say yes. I think so too. Sounds like it won't be in New England. No. I wonder where he'll go. Where would be a good fit for J.C. Jackson? You know, who's, you know who his agent is? Just saw this. Who is it? Rosenhaus. Of course. Of course it is. That guy. I would love to know the percentage that of NFL players across all of the NFL he represents or his team he represents. has the highest number i think it's like 85 clients oh wow okay that's a shit ton yeah that's a lot they're all active too i'm not talking about guys that he's got that are free agents or you know still trying to hang on i also think he represents oh man it's one of the safeties either from Notre Dame Kyle Hamilton or the kid from Northwestern kid from Northwestern transferred Notre Dame. Rosenhaus is in there with one of them. If it's Hamilton, he's going to be drafted top five. Rosenhaus knows what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, very clearly, yeah. The brilliance of Rosenhaus's brand is that it's he's the contract guy. So it's it's brilliant because if you have a player who signs with you who only expects you to negotiate their contract, that's way less work than dealing with the day-to-day stuff he's workers he, comp like all the other he's stuff got that a goes team. he's got a team and i'm sure he takes care i know he's signing nil deals so he does marketing i'm not saying he doesn't but the brilliance of that brand position of being the contract guy aaron jones had an agent i don't know who it was 
first four years. As soon as it came time to sign his contract, fired that guy, signed Rosenhaus. Yeah, yeah. Get me paid. Uh, that's Brilliant from a market segment standpoint uh, and a branding standpoint. So, I mean, good for him, but imagine building that reputation in the NFL. Like It's also a lot of me, 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 which I'm not that guy. Like if you go on Rosenhaus's website, it's the Drew first Rosenhaus. Yeah, it's the first agent to be on this cover of Sports Illustrated. Well, like cool. Mm-hmm. How does that help your players? It's I mean, yeah, you're He's marketing very, yourself. Yeah. But but it works cuz It definitely works. He's he has the most players in the NFL. And NFL executives, I no factual evidence behind this. I just imagine they see Drew Rosenhaus and they're like, "Fuck." There's that goes both ways though. I'm not saying this specifically about Drew Rosenhaus, but there are teams who have been rumored to skip on drafting certain players because of who their agent is. Hmm. We don't want to deal with that guy. Screw it. I could see it. Totally see it. Um, and I can tell you in the agent community, Rosenhaus is hated. Oh, of course. Because he poaches other guys. Of course. Well, allegedly. And, well, and like whether the <laughs> whether that's an an entourage clip is going to mind. Um, but whether or not that's true, like in Aaron Jones' case, like how much market? Like, of course you're doing marketing. How much do you need to market yourself? You're Drew Rosenhaus. Everyone knows you. But you have, like, and Aaron Jones. I don't know. Maybe he was upset at his other agent. Don't know. But like, how do you know that Rosenhaus is interested? Like, who reached out first? Yeah. Because if it was Rosenhaus, you're not supposed to do that. It's against the the rules. We'll never but know. It's, it's and it's impossible to prove, which is why it goes unpunished. Again, if any rules have been broken, mm-hmm. I don't want to accuse him. I just know that I've heard other agents complain about him. He 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 is the perfect example of insert any luxury vehicle brand here. Porsche, for example, is not going to need to do a ton of marketing yeah um he he is like the porsche of nfl agents in my personal opinion there are players that will go because they want a porsche they for sure porsche porsche does not need to come to them (laughs) if uh if you are a potential draft pick and you have alex Beaudry calling you and drew rosenhaus calling you one person needs to sell their services a lot more than the other. <laughs> For all of <laughs> those least, listening. At least right now. You need to sign with Alex Beaudry. <laughs> yes. Not Drew Rosenhaus. No. 85 clients? I can't even remember... I have five. 85 things. <laughs> I can't remember 85 names. You think Drew, like, Drew Rosenhaus can? Alex Beaudry can remember five names. Right now. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking to grow. Yep. I'm, uh, just, I'm just saying like... You can remember 20 it's names. It's funny from a branding standpoint. Like <laughs> He's been around forever... I think he's going on like 40 years. Him and a uh, little bit of agent gossip, him and Lee Steinberg like fight over who was the um, motivation behind the movie uh, with Tom Cruise. Oh my God. Uh, Show me the money. What's that movie called? Uh, Jerry Maguire. Jesus. Nice. Uh, my mind's going. Uh, but both of those guys claim to be the like source behind the movie so a little bit of uh i did not know that yeah so so who do you think the source is behind that movie i would go with lee steinberg 
just because he was kind of one of the original agents. Plus, he's based out of L.A. Rosenhaus mm-hmm. is out of Miami. L.A., more of a movie town. Mm-hmm. It's probably a character drawn out of all of them, right? Yeah. You have the Rosenhaus character who's like the self-proclaimed shark. He wrote a, bo- a book, The Shark Never Sleeps, or something like that. <laughs> like, And then you have Steinberg, who's a little bit more... He got into some trouble. He had a couple DUIs and is more kind of humble and down to earth. I think it's probably a combination of all of those personalities of the market, but they both claim to be the, of course, the motivation behind the movie. Loosely based on one of their lives. Yeah. Maybe. Or both or all of them. <laughs> Interesting stuff. Well, wow. JC is going to get paid, yeah. which means Drew's going to get paid. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I think I've read somewhere that he's negotiated like $3 billion worth of contracts. Oh my God. Some something absurd, or maybe it was one billion. It was a it was a number with a B. That's doing it a long time. That's ridiculous. And time wise, what's the incentive to stop or leave? Contracts keep getting bigger. TV deals keep getting bigger. He which just a, he just had a kid. He's like fifty five years old. I remember just had this. A baby. Well, his his wife certainly is not fifty five years old. <laughs> it's true. It's true. <laughs> But but even so, if he's, I don't know how old he is, 50, 55, he's not that old. No, no, he's somewhere middle-aged for sure. So anyway, that's probably enough commercial for Drew Rosenhaus. He doesn't need any more help. Yeah, yeah <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, all right, man, well, should we wrap it up? I think I think we put a bow on this one. So we covered out. a lot. We covered COVID. We covered Rogers. We covered... Which president's poop you'd like to pick up? That one, yep. That one was a big one. Uh, surprise, not on the agenda for discussion <laughs> right. today. Um, uh, where else can you get this type of content? You can, nowhere. 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 You guys got to come back to us. If you'd like more con- content like this, not necessarily presidential poop, but maybe, check us out on Substack, Impact Sports, Twitter, Impact Sports Management, Instagram, Impact Sports underscore football. Tweet us, message us, yeah, comment us. I'd uh, love to do and ask me anything. Ooh, but I don't think we uh, quite have the. Is there a way to have like a live Q and A session? We could do one of those Twitter rooms. I'd have to do a lot of research. I am not a tech guy. A Twitter room, or I know Reddit has like live, like you, you anyone asks questions, and you can you can answer questions on the fly. You know, I was on Reddit for a hot minute. I created a profile was posted i gotta get back in there yeah it's it's it it's an interesting place it's a scary place it's a niche place which we're kind of a niche show oh yeah um a lot of weirdos but like a lot of we lot welcome of great, all kinds here a lot of great i mean we're weirdos right for sure yeah we talked about president poop for 20 <laughs> minutes today <laughs> i would uh, definitely put us in that category we fit right in I'm definitely putting that in my Twitter thing. Usually I like keep it a little professional. Like here's what we're going to talk about. I'm definitely throwing that we talk about which president's poop we'd like to clean up. 100%. 100%. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that um, would love to see that. Would love to be able to answer or like interact with with anyone listening. Um, For sure. So yeah. No. Hit us up. Great discussion. Thank you for listening today, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. And we'll talk to you all later. Later, guys. Later.